Guys, what's going on? Welcome back to another Arsenio Buck Show podcast. Oh my god, the opposite of confronting reality is to ignore it. Guys, man, to be honest with you, something crazy had happened. And I'm going to have to explain the situation in detail because the thing is, it's about emergency situations too. Now, confronting reality in terms of... You know, personal relationships, what's happening at work, at home. We all understand that. I'm going to get into that more. But yesterday, I had one of the most terrifying experiences of my life, you know. I was sitting in a room, 15 floors up in a very prestigious shopping area, right in the heart of the CBD. Next thing you know, one of the staff members, they come in. And they're like, hey, uh, your students, they cancel. And I'm like, yes, I don't have to stay until 845. Yes, I could go to sleep a little bit early. Yes, everything was just fantastic. And then she said, there, there's a FIMI, FIMI. And I'm like, what is a FIMI? I don't know what she's talking about. And then finally she realized that I wasn't understanding that she said fire. And she's like, fire central, meaning our location. I'm like, what? And so when you know black folks, man, black folks, when we hear fire, that's it. Man, we're gone. There's no, we're not questioning a goddamn thing. But then she said, can you, you know, get your stuff and get out. And I'm like, oh, shit, you ain't got to tell me twice. She wouldn't say it like that. She was trying to say it, but she was trying to make it like as polite as possible, but also with the tone of urgency. And she's like, hurry up and just go, 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 go. And I said, okay, man, no problem. I'm going to hurry up. And so I grabbed my stuff. I tried saying bye to them. And while I walk, while I was walking to the front of the office, after I had gotten all my stuff and whatnot, I turned around. I was like, okay, bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. I said it about five times, and they just completely disregarded me. And then I realized the severity of that situation. I'm like, okay, this, fuck it. I'm out. And I hurry up and ran. I didn't say another thing. I was gone. Boom. Went to the elevators. Why did I go to the elevators? I don't know. I don't know my exits. And this is what I'm kicking myself in the ass for because I need to know my exits when I'm very, very high up. I hate being high up already because I know if something goes down below me and I can't get through, I'm in trouble. This is what happened September 11th. You know, this is what happens when you're not near the entrance at a club and the next thing you know the flood, the the club catches fire. They only have one exit, which is the main ex- uh, main exit, and you can't get out. Next thing you know everyone dies. This happened in Thailand 10 years ago. They have a very very poor safety record. So I had to confront reality. And so then my fight or flight kicked in. So I finally got on the elevator, but as I was getting on, I was looking at some of the indicators on the elevator, you know, indicating where they are. Okay, 11th floor, 10th floor, this and that, but some of them said fool. And I'm like, okay, what is going on? Now, if I had known that the stairwell was probably just a couple paces away, I could have ran down them goddamn 15 flights of stairs in probably less than two minutes. Because all it takes is about six steps for me to get down these stairs anyways. 14th floor, 13th floor, and you're going down. You're not going up. It's not much wear and tear. I mean, you'll probably hurt your knees just a little bit. But when you understand that there is po- there's a possible fire somewhere in your area, you don't give a fuck. And so next you know, it goes up to the 16th floor. It comes down to my floor. I get on. There are probably about eight women. They're all on their cell phones. But they seem very, very calm. And this is the problem with Thailand because they have a tendency of ignoring very violent situations. So next, you know, before I got on, I heard some people, you know, like some commotion on my floor. Then we got on the 13th floor. There were people waiting 
And there was like, you know, I remember there's a tomboy and there's a few other people. They let this pregnant girl get on, on around, I think, floor 13. And next thing you know, they went down further. And I'm like, okay, what is – and I'm, I'm getting a little bit more scared because the thing is when you're in an elevator full of women – and they're loud, and I don't know what they're doing behind me. Me, I'm just, I'm just so in the zone. Like, okay, Arsenio, if this stops at a floor, and somehow this floor has a lot of smoke, you're gonna have to get ready, and you're gonna have to get ready to. And the thing is, would would there be smoke on floors eight through fifteen? Probably not, because those are all offices. But I don't know where the fire's coming from. I don't know what's happening right now. I don't know what misinformation. I don't know what's going on, and so. I'm very fortunate enough that it went from floor 10 all the way down to floor 3. And number one, first, you don't want to take a goddamn elevator when there's a fire. All right? I probably had heard this 500,000 times since 1995, and I just completely disregarded it. But again, I did not know my fire escape. That's why they call it a fire escape. Uh, because during a fire, you escape through there. You don't use the elevator because if the elevator stops, you are fucked. But anyways, we get to floor three, and then here goes this pregnant woman who got on a floor 13 or whatever, and she's walking out casually on her phone like nothing ever happened. I almost closed the door on her, and then I called her an idiot, and I'm like, this is, the, this is why Thai people die very easily because you guys don't understand where fight or flight kicks in. When you hear that there's a fire, your life is in danger. You can die. Get your shit and get the fuck out. That's all there is to it. I don't want to hear it. That's it. And so me, I'm getting nervous, but when I get down to floor three, I'm like, okay, worst case scenario, I could jump out from here. I'm sure I could find something around here because this is like the main you know, area. I could hold my breath. I could run down the escalator. Uh, I, I'm sure I could hold my breath for over a minute. That will probably only take me a minute to get out of the shopping closet. So I'm thinking all these scenarios in my head. I'm ready to go. These women on behind me are just thinking casually. So we get to floor one. I'm like, good. Once this elevator opens, I know I'm only a few paces away from the main entrance to the main road. And so when I open it, I hurry up, walked out. Luckily, there was no smoke. I didn't smell anything. I saw tons of people outside. And like in four steps, I was outside. I was not messing around. So once I got outside, I started looking around and stuff and looking at the building. There was nothing. Uh, the sirens were going crazy. And the problem is, of course, here in Bangkok... Traffic jams are going to forbid any medical personnel from getting into, you know, getting into where they need to get into so they can put out the fire. Not me, fortunate enough, the fire was a ways away from me. It was in apparently the hotel, they say. Although I don't think it was in the hotel. It was in a really small room, a document room. How did that happen? I have no idea. But the real sad part that there were a couple of jumpers. Now... I don't know why they made that decision, where they jumped out of. There was just a ton of smoke coming out of there. Um, I don't know how fast that thing just rampantly went, but, you know, 10 years ago in the pub that caught fire and killed 60 people, that fire, cut, it, it was real, real quick. So whoever wasn't near the entrance and whoever didn't have that urgency to get out, although that place had a lot of big windows, they died. Some of them died at the entrance. It was, it was a terrible thing. And so I don't know what made that specific individual jump out but not want to jump down to the floor below, at least without trying. I don't know what happens. I don't know what happens when, when, um, when people take their life like that. I, I, I don't know because I've never been in a situation like that. 
You know, would I jump here, you know, you know, all the way down? I, I mean, if there's a ton of smoke and I'm going to die from inhalation, who knows? But condolences to them. And you know what? That scared the hell out of me. Was thinking about it all night. And then I just got so angry afterwards because I realized that Thai people just take this shit too lightly. Like there's no goddamn big deal. When you hear there's a fire, you make haste. I don't give a damn if some people say calm down. No, motherfucker. You don't calm down. People who calm down, they die. So when that club set a fire and that plastic and that garbage-ass club set fire and next thing you know, that fire went really, really quickly throughout the entire club. Those people who were just calmly making their way out and barely running or didn't have that type of strength in their legs or whatever you want to call it, they ended up dead. So ignoring this, guys, and ignoring the signs and ignoring things in general in emergency situations can lead to death. Acting like it doesn't exist. These people on the elevators were acting like the fire didn't exist. And you goddamn, are you dumb? Guys, you need to be ready. Like, I want to hear that urgency. I want to hear breath. I want to be, like, you know what I mean? If you guys are just casually talking like nothing's happening... Maybe they had already known that it was behind us. I don't know. But regardless, this is why so many people died in Indonesia when the tsunami came. People standing on the beach. I remember seeing two foreigners just walking casually when a three-foot wave came. They got out of that three-foot wave. That wasn't a big enough wake-up call to get above. One of the people died. Why? Because, again, the sense of urgency is not there. (sighs) So, guys, there it is. And, you know, the counterfeit, of course, of confronting reality is just, you know, evading it. Just as a lot of people do in emergency situations, just as a lot of people do with, you know, not dealing with the discussables. You make them the undiscussables. And that could probably put more hostility into a specific relationship. And then a big blow-up happens, and then people quit, or people get stabbed. No, not that crazy, but you understand what I'm saying. So, guys, of course, this ex- affects the speed, the cost, everything. And so we look at it. Why don't we confront this reality? Now, here in Thailand, obviously, culture. They don't want to. You know, some people say, you're an adult. You can handle this. You know, or how about, you know, saying, how can I make this situation uh, better instead? See, we rarely gain anything from shutting out people or shutting out situations that have the that you know those challenges and whatnot. But what could put us in the best position to help us solve those challenges is what I'm trying to figure out. So why don't they why don't they confront it? Well, maybe in some cases, you know, people just want to be popular, right? They don't want to be the one that, of the bearer of the bad news. Sometimes, you know, like leaders, they leave the bad news for the, the lieutenants to, deli- to deliver to the people, you know? I mean, I mean, if you look at everything, and this is how people get so many, they get taxed heavily, and there's a huge tax, or a tax, I mean. And if you look at all the leaders and the prime ministers and the kings and whatever you want to call them around the world, they don't take that sole responsibility. There's just like a whole lot of shoulder shrugging. Oh, I don't know. Well, this is all I can do. This is all I can do, and it's not good enough. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And so, guys, it's vastly important to act to consider this. Why don't we take the necessary steps to confront it? And from my personal perspective, my, my personal perspective, my language is 
fucked up today. But anyways, my personal perspective is complacency. I didn't confront reality at my last job. I didn't confront the reality with my, my family. Of course, after all this had happened and I posted everything on Facebook, not one of them asked me if I was okay. You know, I had my ex-girlfriend ask me if I was okay. One of my students asked me if I was okay. And my Elisa, the one I had a big problem with, she ended up asking me if I was okay. You know, my ex-best friend, whatever you want to call it. But she asked me, she's like, dude, what the hell's going on? You know, I talked on, you know, one of my other best friends out there in America. He's like, what? Wait, what? Are you good? Can I call? You know what I mean? For that emotional support to vent all that stuff out, to get all those feelings out. And so when I go into situations and when I have to make a big tough decision, why don't I confront reality saying, you know what? This place isn't good enough for me or this or that. It's because I believe that there wasn't anything better out there for me. Is that true? No. It's just what I believe and what I've been through here in Thailand with my family. You know, I didn't confront reality with them until finally I say, you know what? When I leave this family, I'm never going to come back. Every time I went home, if my mom was sick, she made a big thing about it, you know. My brother would say, how come you don't give us money so we can get the medication? I'm like, here, I gave you money. It still wasn't good enough. Christmas came around, I'm the bad guy because I don't pay enough for presents and whatnot. You know, and I'm like, guys, I'm saving up for a new life. I'm leaving in May. Well, well I'm going to buy a whole bunch of materialistic things that you guys are going to underappreciate no matter what? No. Oh, you're a bad, you're selfish, you're selfish. So be it. You can call me whatever you want. And of course, when I came here to Thailand, they call me much worse things. So it's funny because what I, to sum this all up, it's, it, it's really, really funny because this just came to mind. And the Gen B monster, Harry, that I told you guys about, the ex-quote-unquote boss, although he was just a teacher. I remember he said, he's like, Arsenio, if all your teachers had something, if all the teachers here had a comment to say about you, what do you think they would say? Would they say something nice? And I'm like, no, because they don't want to confront reality. They're sex tourists. What are they going to say about me? What could they possibly say about me? Oh, he's, uh, uh, he, he's very loud in class. That's none of your business, and I'm loud because I love teaching. And if you're a quiet motherfucker, that's your fault. What else could they say about me? Oh, uh, well, he doesn't talk to us. Yeah, because you guys are old Gen B wife tours motherfuckers. Excuse my French. What else, what else are you going to say to me? What else could they say about me? I don't speak to you guys. I stated the truth so you guys could confront reality and you hate me for it. Congratulations. Go to the grave. Make the tombstone, and after everything, you know, you being born in 1926 and perished in 2019, I want you to put right under that, I hate Arsenio, but he allowed me to confront reality. That's what I want. Hey, you know, the truth hurts. I don't give a damn. A lot of people are going to have a lot of different opinions about me, and they do. Do I give a damn? No, because I know who I am, my beliefs, my values, and everything about myself. Very, very important people. So, guys, we're going to get into the trust tips in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, man, I'm your sexy host, your only host, (laughs) the one and only Arsenio, over and out.